Dice. It's been so long. <laughs> it's been so, so long that Shit's I don't even know how so to start long. this shit anymore. <laughs> hey, welcome back. I'm your host and uh, what's my role again? Dumb, dumb mister? Yeah, dumb, <laughs> dumb guy master. That's the best thing on the internet right now. I'm your host and Dungeon Master. My name is Wes Cordell. I wrote this stupid campaign, and guess what? We're wrapping this puppy up. Bye. 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 Say bye to all of your favorite dumb, dumb, and misters. I'm joined by five lovely players, and they're going to introduce themselves and the characters that they've had since the beginning. <gasps> Let's start with Jonathan Ganong. Hey, hey. Um, I'm playing Arl Garen, the Divination Wizard now. Ooh, Alan Clark. I'm playing Patches, the half-elf <coughs> thief rogue. His <laughs> the clearing of the throat is part of his class. <gasps> Nina, new Aunt Larson. Woo-hoo. Yay! I'm playing Adelaide, the half-elf warlock. Nos, Rachel, white cheddar Cheetos, Watkins. <laughs> Hello, yes, hyped up on white cheddar powder and beer, playing Callista, the tiefling bard. The white powder is cocaine. Caleb Hicks. I provided the cocaine <laughs> for the last time, except for the next time. I'm Caleb Hicks. I'm playing guy on a buffalo. He's a human ranger, and he multiclassed as a fighter. And his buffalo is a real life Buffalo again. Oh, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was so important yeah. to you. It's like one of the biggest character arcs. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I've been I trying to make this I've been trying to make this happen for months. Yeah. yeah. This Buffalo Resurrection has been brought to you by none other than Dice Envy. They are the envy of all of your other dice and all of the other companies you could be buying from because their selection is out of this goddamn. World, and they're releasing a bunch of new dice every month right now. And there are actually a lot of really beautiful ones that are really tempting me. And if they're tempting you, you can buy them and get 10% off of your entire order by entering the code hit dice pod at checkout. It's all one word, it's easy to remember. You're fucking welcome. <laughs> Last time on Hit Dice, you guys return to Raven's Bluff. There are dragons circling a spire that is out at sea. It has a strange rainbow constellation like light that is around it. There is black smoke pouring up out of the top of it. Raven's Bluff is all but destroyed. You found a few familiar faces. Uh, not all of them greeted you kindly, but you did see <gasps> Thundershout. Uh, but he wasn't he wasn't looking too good. Um, Dandril was pretty fucked up, had some really serious burns, uh, was so far passed out that magic wasn't bringing him back to consciousness. But Gritrum was here, and him and Patches together were able to bring Buffalo back to life. <laughs> You were part of you that. You did something cleric. Um, yeah, you did do something wow. cleric. And some like a cleric somewhere randomly was just like had a minor heart attack when he did it. He's like, oh. Oh. it just he briefly became a klepto and just stole something randomly. <laughs> yeah, you all caught word that he did not see a stone on Thundershout, and you all came to find out that someone was holding it for you. At the very ballroom where Lander's Gala was held, and as you showed up to it, you recognized the same Afridi that had chased you out of the elemental plane of fire into Thingus Spark Spring. He sits on the same stage where Lander performed and where Callista performed, holding this stone. This room is all but destroyed. There was an enormous, beautiful chandelier here. There was white marble pillars. There was a bar to be served at. There were bodies filling the room in all of this beautiful garb. And that's sort of when you all forced Yinitazasis' hand 
and Unitazasis began destruction on the city at that time. Some of the bodies in here haven't even been cleared. And some of the bodies are melted. You can see like what looks like some sort of human remains sitting all over the floor in this place. Some of the bodies are just like rotting in the floor. It's been about, I think, a month since you guys were here. So they're all but decayed, but the smell is definitely pungent. Um, Patches climbed up to see what Ori was seeing after Arwell sent her and realized that that same Afridi was sitting there just holding the elemental stone of fire. It patches, <laughs> just fucking shot him right in the chest. And as his arrow hit, you did cast Hunter's Mark, which is going to start us an initiative. This Afridi stood to its feet, and as it's looking out at all of you, it has this deep red skin. And it has these bulging muscles and these four horns that stick off of its head like a crown that are just perfectly around it. Two in the front and two in the back. These small black horns. These jet black eyes that look out to you. Some simple cloth that cover its midsection, but that's about it. It has black claws on its enormous fingers. And it has black, sharp toenails on the bottom of its feet. And as it stands up, you can see this heat just pulsating and waving around it and emanating. And as it stands up holding the stone in its hand, it says... The Bashal Gorda does not wait on his property. I have returned to place you on your rightful shelf. I have what you need, and this time, you aren't going to run away. And as uh, Patches just has this keen eye, you all are standing outside of this place. Oh. Patches, uh, you were up on the wall, and you were looking inside. You're about 20 feet off of the ground, but you can see the smashed chandelier. There's a 3D up at the top of the room. Everybody else is standing outside. Mallory is with you all. Adelaide now has a familiar whose name is Thistlebeak. It is it is another pseudo dragon that is blue and has stained glass like pixie wings on the back and a little acorn for a hat. Buffalo is alive and in his regular skin. And, uh, and he gonna stay yeah, that way. He hiding. And uh, Gumbel and Mallory are here with you as well. Mallory sits with you. She is a small girl with bright red hair. She wears a very small witch's hat. Doesn't have a big point. It has just a little tiny point. And it has that brim all the way around it. She has two bright red pigtails sitting out the back of it. She wears just like regular cloth clothing, uh, dull yellows and beautiful deep reds. She has a wand tucked by her side. And you guys can see Gumbel like flying around her in patches. He sort of is just like going back and sitting on their shoulders, chirping and purring out. Thistlebeak will uh, sit on your shoulders, Adelaide, unless you say otherwise. So just remember that Thistlebeak is in your mechanics as we get started because getting used to a familiar can be really Weird and, and easy to forget. A little kiss. Mwah. Yeah, and you, mwah. you kiss her. This will be her, a girl. It. Patches, what'd you get? 17. 17. <clears throat> Our wheel? Not Oh, yeah, yeah. Smiley face. Callista? I'm going to line up behind Arl with a 19. Nice. Ga? Seven. Seven. Yeah. Adelaide? Yeah. I also got a 17. Arl, you're up and you get an extra action Yay. of your chwans. Okay, I need. So, I like the idea of me. I'm kind of like nat 20 because I can see above through mm -hmm. our, uh, Ori. So I kind of come running through the open entrance. Yeah. Knowing exactly what to do. So I'm going to come, come around the wreckage through the door near one of these pillars kind of in front of me. Sure. And that's that's 120 feet easily, right? Oh, uh, yeah. For me? Okay, yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. That's um, more like 50. It's like, yeah, 50 or 60. Okay, cool. That's what I would have So said. I'm going to come running around and from my little utility pouches or whatever, mm -hmm. I'm going to pull out my scroll of... Cloud kill. Oh, those uh, those bodies were on their own Fuck purpose. Yes. 
uh, the bodies oh, the that bodies? I had all over the map. Oh, yeah, they were like oh. the actual dead oh, people on the floor. It's okay. There, it's, do you have the other two? Yeah. I'll show you how I put them up there. Okay. <laughs> that was so scientific <laughs> and specific. <laughs> just for our listeners out there, those are really meticulously placed. <laughs> yeah, definitely didn't just throw them at the map. Uh, no. Okay, <laughs> so Arwell comes out. You rip out this scroll of cloud kill. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so you create a 20-foit radius sphere of poisonous yellow green fog. Yeah. So on the points you choose. It spreads around corners. It lasts for the duration or until, until strong wind disperses the fog, blah, blah, blah. When a creature enters the spell for the first time or starts its turn there, the creature must make a constitution saving throw. Okay. It has to make a constitution saving throw? Uh-huh. And does it do damage right away, or is that all it does? Uh, it does damage, yeah, as soon as they enter it. Okay, great. It, like, starts in it, so it'll take the all of the effects as soon as it turn starts. Okay, cool. Um, then, so, I get that going, and then I, I'm going to just send a lightning bolt. Classic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you roll for that or it rolls down? How, it rolls well, how much damage did I do with that, my first shot? Uh, 21. That is a dirty 20. Okay. It saves, so it takes half damage. Okay. 25. 25. So okay. 25 half. All right. Anything else, Arwell? Um, I will use the... R- I think that's all my movement. Yeah, that's it. I'll okay. zero again. Yeah, and so <laughs> Arwell steps into this place really quickly, maybe seeing just a glimpse into the future past everybody else, and as he does, you all see him just rip this scroll out, and really quickly, this swirl of green smog like, fills this area. You all cannot even see this Afridi for it as this green smog fills the air, and you can see it just like lighting and flicking up against him, and as, he's, as this Afridi is going to hold his breath against this, this lightning bolt just like right down the center of this... And it sort of pushes the green smog apart just a bit so you can see it just strike this Afridi. And as his body goes rigid, Callista, you're up. I can only hear what's going on in there, so I'm going to run into the room with my full movement. So that puts me... Is this something tall that I can't be behind? Or is it uh, just it's rubble, rubble? so okay. it's, like, it's about like four feet off I can, the ground. I can like see one of the over there. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm... I can't do anything from that range because I'm still in the back of the room. Sure. I want to hold an action. Um, I want to hold Thunder Wave. Okay. Whenever I come within range of him for Thunder Wave, which is 15 feet. So if he comes close to me or if I manage to get close to him, I've got that Okay. And then for my bonus action, I want to give some Bardic Inspiration to my Patches. Okay. I'll give you the official Dark Sparkly Patches. I might have to record in something clever later. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you say to him. I'll tell you later. It's great. Uh, Patches. It's insert inspirational thing here. <laughs> and, and, so Calista steps in and says, imagine I'm saying something inspirational. And on that note, Patches is up. <laughs> Do you want to see my boob? Um, <laughs> I don't. I mean, that's very. It's a pretty good one. <laughs> it's worked before. When in doubt, show a boob. I'm going to out. use a, my cunning action okay. to dash. And then I'm going to drop down. Okay. Do a flip. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and land, and then I'm gonna use the rest of my dash. I'm gonna hide behind this, like the, the big, crash the chandelier. Big, well, the big thing that was holding it, I believe, it was like yeah. affixed to the yeah. ceiling. Yeah, like pretty large. Well, I'm just gonna get right here, and then I'm gonna shoot him again. Okay. Hell yeah. So that one. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! So um, I, I don't hit him. Right. Roll a roll a, a d6 for me, really quick. On that natural one. That's a 
floor. Okay, yeah, so with the floor, this air like sails past this thing and just ricochets off the wall. It does, this is a large room. It's like unlikely that anything horrible is going to happen. The like string doesn't snap or anything. Your fingers just sting as you release it. You know, it's a bad shot. It pings off the wall behind him as he's standing up. I'm not, well, I can't hide because I don't have an action to hide, but I Mm. am just, I'm just going to stand there and be like, what, bitch? After you miss this, uh, anything else? Patches? The back of the room is like, oh my god, Patches, I'm so sorry. I'll inspire you better next time. <laughs> yeah, so Patches, oh, so you, all, have... you do see Patches running across like the top of this, does a flip down, rolls up behind this enormous chandelier, the anchor that held it into the ceiling, pops up, it releases an arrow, misses completely, it pings off, and he doesn't hide. He's just sitting there staring at this fucking Afridi. Like, oh my god, this is I have, where I lost no, you I have, a, I have a plan, don't worry. Uh, Adelaide, you're up. Guy, you'll be on deck. In, at some point, I have so many shit. things I can do with all these cool items and shit. I am going to start by running at 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 into the room, past mm-hmm. some rubble near Professor Girwin, and I am going to use my wand of mirror image okay. on myself. Okay. So you cast you cast mirror image. Boop, boop, boop. Adelaide's. So <laughs> Adelaide runs in, wand out, just like waving it. You can see the shine from this wand, and as it does... She wavers for a second, and then you like you almost have to adjust your eyes to see her running in, but it, there are four of them all of a sudden. Uh, two that look exactly like her. I, I imagine Thistlebeak begins to like fly. Like, so yeah, so you don't know. She's not just like on your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. right? And so Thistlebeak is flying around You're giving around me away. Her. I love you, but yeah. go away. <laughs> <laughs> you give Thistlebeak a kiss, and then you wave this wand, and as you do... These other two Adelaides that look just like her are running up beside her, and then there's another one just like gut out, bathrobe on. Number one down, like, oh, yeah, running in, and, and as as he's running in, and his hand is like on his knee, just above his long dad socks and his sandals, he goes, "Things are really heating up in here, huh?" <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Um, and then Mallory is actually up. Uh, you all have never had combat with Mallory before, no, so this, this be, what she got. Mallory, she walks in, and as she walks in, she's she's not saying anything, but she's looking to you all. Like as you're making moves and as you're mm-hmm. doing things, you can tell that she's like watching what you all do. And she reaches into it's not a pocket, but it's more like uh, a strap that goes across uh, the breast of her shirt. She draws a little wand out of it. And she's just sitting there looking. And so she sees she sees Arwul. And as she's looking around, she just pulls this out. And she flicks it. And you see this little spark. And then she just sends this lightning bolt. Just like, <laughs> like cracking across the room in front of you. Uh, this Afridi is going to make another deck save. That is a horrifying failure. Um, oh. Not quite a natural one, but real close. No, for the Afridi. It's good. It's good. It's not a deck save. 8d6. It's like watching football. I don't know. Who's okay. 13... Uh, 22 damage to this thing as this bolt just like rips across the room and toward it and as she pulls this wand out you can see the spark at the end of it it's just this little blue light and as she's waving it in front of her you can just see that plasma arcing against the ground under the wand and she pulls it up and it just like rips across this room and slams right into this Afridi Uh, and as it hits and like the dust is settling and this fog cloud of this green smoke is around it you can see it's a free just like trying to stand its ground it's finally standing up and on the stage you can see it's enormous lumbering body and mallory just has like this little scowl on her face just like holding her wand out at her side and as this Afridi stands up, it holds this stone out in front of it and it grips its hands and as it looks out at all of you it says you are coming back with me whether you like it or not and you see this stone start to glow brightly in its hand and as it does oh, no. you see this flame in front of it 
shoot up and out of the floor, and this armor starts to pull around it. And you can see this humanoid, fire-looking uh, creature standing here. And as this happens, the Afridi draws its scimitar, and it looks at all of you, and as it looks at all of you, it speaks a single word of power out toward you, and it says, Kneel. And as it does, everyone's neck just scorches, and everybody needs to make a charisma saving throw. Charisma. Cha. Get it. Get Except it. Mallory. Yeah. I'm using a luck point. Hey! <laughs> Dude, patches don't kneel for no bit. <laughs> What'd you get? Ten. A ten? What did you get, patches? Nat 20. Yeah. Woo! 12. Oh, we got 12? 15. 15? Six. Guys! Oh, Arwol, like, oh, Adelaide. Uh, Jesus I Christ. Is the same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't fail. Honestly, no. Um, so Arwol, Adelaide, and Guy, everyone feels that scar on the back of your neck, that brand burn, and you feel the weight of your legs. Everyone but Patch is just staring at this motherfucker like, fuck you. But everyone's legs get heavy. Callista, you shake it off and you're like, you're like in oh, charge. No. Yeah. But you see, you see Arwol, Adelaide, and Guy, their knees buckle. And they fall prone. Every single one of them, like, you hit your knees onto the floor. It's like you can't lift your legs up and off of this. You don't have to make another save. It just knocks you prone for now. Um, so you're just, you just have the prone condition. That's all. So if you could tip your minis over just so oh, that we can all remember that. <laughs> yeah. And Buffalo is just, you're like oh, leaving yeah. Buffalo outside. Were you you uh, hadn't come in yet, And with you? that, uh, as, as he summons this fire Myrmidon, and he, mm. like, causes all of you to, like, go down. Guy... <laughs> You're up. I'd like to use half my movement to get on deck. off the ground. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. And I'd like to walk. Uh, my speed is 30, so I'd like to walk 15 feet towards the party. And then I will loose a bolt. <laughs> Shoot arrow. So you're, he's far, but you got eagle's eyes. And you're like level eight now, so whatever. I got creepy bird <laughs> eyes. Solidly I'm within your range. Shoot at the Afridi's face. Heard. 13. A 13 does not hit. As this bolt like looses across this room, it hits him and it just like, this arrow just like bursts into flames as it is hitting the side of this guy. um, Yes. The free need to make a con save. Thank you. Yes, he does. Uh huh. 21. Uh, So he takes half of 18. So he takes nine more damage as he sits in this stank hog. Uh, (laughs) uh, Anything else, guy? No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I am going to... And then, uh, Arwell, you're up. Um, Guy shoots this arrow as he steps in. You all are staying close together except for Patches. This Myrmidon sits burning at the end of the room, this humanoid fire elemental figure with armor on. There is this cloud of stench that is just circling in the middle of this room. Two lightning bolts have cracked across here. There are four Adelaides. All right, I'll stand up. <laughs> it's like it's close to where I started the cloud kill uh-huh. thing. Uh, on its turn, it goes ten feet away from me. Oh, really? Okay, so, like oh, sort of pushes cool. through. Uh, yeah. So it's fully encompassing kind hmm. of the hmm. guy hmm. now. He in his cloud of death now. And right in between the fire elemental and the um, stink cloud Afridi, engulfed Afridi. Afridi, <laughs> I'm going to create uh, my storm sphere. Okay. Yeah, Dude, all these I love all these balls of magic that are just showing uh-huh. up in the middle of this room. Um, so Venn diagram of shit. Both, yeah. <laughs> both it, where do they cross? To, it's just shade. So both need to make a strength saving throw first. Okay. Goodness gracious, great balls of magic. So the Afridi <laughs> did uh, a nine. 
Okay. And the Myrmidon, well, five. <laughs> so they didn't do great. They both take, oh, 12 damage. Nice. nice. And then for my bonus action, um, I'm creating a lightning bolt sent from it. Um, okay. I get advantage. And I get advantage because they're in the storm sphere. Right. Um, and I'm attacking the Afridi with a lightning bolt from the middle. Uh, 19. Oh, yeah. 15 damage. Okay, nice. The rest of my turn, I'm going to use my last 15 feet to move sure. around this pillar. Okay. And I'm going to kind of hide, and I'm going to be like, great job, Mallory, and kind of give her a little word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you guys are, I mean, just barraging this thing. As soon as you step in, it's making you all kneel as you walk into this place. This stone is clutched in its hand as it is sitting here. You can see the bright like light on the inside of it. And as this is happening, uh, the Myrmidon will enter initiative here, and then Callista, you are up. Okay. The Myrmidon is going to move toward Patches, but it can't get right up to him. It moves through, and as it's moving toward you, it has this scimitar similar to the Afridis. It is large, and it is on fire. It moves quietly toward you as uh, it takes its turn, and then, uh, Calista, you are up. Okay. Can't really do Um, much else. I'm going to take my full 30 feet of movement, which gets me at the other end of the chandelier that Patches is sort of defiantly standing on. The chandelier is incredibly large. It's It's so big, Yeah, it's about 40 feet from top to bottom. It's huge, yeah. So I'm probably another 30 feet from Patches right now. Um, But this puts me within, just within 60 foot range of our... Ah. Cloud killed, storm rended friend, yeah. and his. Can I see him? Is there? So yeah, yeah. It, it's hard to see. Okay, yeah. so I can. If I had a spell prepared, I can drop that and do something else. With yeah, and it doesn't cost a spell because you okay, didn't ever perfect. actually. Mm-hmm. So I'm dropping that because I'm not within 15 feet yet. Mm-hmm. But instead, I'm going to cast some dissonant whispers on him. Ah, and that's I'm, a save, right? Yes, that is a Smart. wisdom save for him. Okay, the Afridi is now heavily obscured by the cloud kill. Mm-hmm. So there literally is all you can see is a stinking dome around him and like you can't make him out perfectly gotcha so you'll basically roll disadvantage if unless you okay. have some way around it just as you're planning your turns he makes a yeah, but charisma this, saving throw uh no wisdom wisdom on this one okay uh that is an 11 he fails yeah my thing is 15 so he is going to take 3d6 of psychic damages holy fuck I always think that Dissonant Whispers is Vicious Mockery, and I'm waiting on the No, Vicious or... Mockery is yeah. puny, but yeah. Dissonant Whispers is pretty violent. Yeah. Dissonant Whispers is just a spell that casts, and it just goes, Bitch, you stupid old bitch. Yeah. So basically, like, imagine Callista's at the back of the room, and you can all hear her whispering, mm-hmm. and just for flavor, it's an infernal. Sure. So you know she's saying something biting, and she's like, You bitch, you, you do not belong, belong on that stage. stage. We, we kneel for, for no one. one. Okay, nice. nice. 12 points of damages to his nice. psyche. Yay. Ow, my brain. He now needs a therapist. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah. And so and as this happens, it wraps his head and you guys hear him roar out and you can see in the heart of this stinking cloud as Callista is like whispering and just like looking directly into it. You just see this heart of red light like like throb out of it and you hear him just roar out as this is happening and his arms like in that shadow you can see him fling them down just for a second uh, and then that light fades away but uh, he, he has been dissonantly whispered at indeed yes <laughs> anything for, else for my bonus action I'm mm-hmm. gonna look back over my shoulder because Mallory's mm-hmm. still sort of right behind me there yeah. with Arwell and I'm gonna just tell her that she is a warrior queen okay and to keep kicking ass but keep herself safe and give her some bardic inspiration hell yeah this stinking cloud moves closer to the Afridi obscures it completely this 
storm sphere, of, like this other dark cloud, just like this. Yeah, this whole room is just like swirling around. You can see the rags on these bodies of these dead people. What's left just flapping around. Any garments might be like being pushed up and into the air around you all. These lightning bolts shoot across, and there are these two domes of different air. One looks like a dark storm cloud, and you can see the lightning pulsing through it. The other is just like this green half dome of haze that is around this thing. And in front of both of them, this orange glow is sort of onto the side of them as this Myrmidon just like sits between them, making its way slowly toward Patches, who is up. So this is the stage here, right? Uh-huh. I'm going to start like running toward him, but I'm not like dashing. I'm okay. just kind of like Naruto confidently jog- jogging <laughs> and, holding, and I'm holding my rapier out like I'm, I'm going to stab him Fuck in the face. Yeah, dude. So I'm just running at him. And so he's seeing me run at him. It'll hurt you if you're in it. I'm going to do it. Fuck yeah. I mean, so, but he can, <laughs> he can see me like running at him. And mm-hmm. then like right when I get 10 feet in front of him, I'm going to teleport yeah. to the <laughs> so reverse cool. side of him. Uh-huh. Hell yeah. And I'm just going to bury my rapier in his back. Okay. Nice. I'm going to get you to, since it's so dark and you can't see him, to roll um, disadvantage. But if the attack hits, I'll give you a sneak attack since it's heavily obscured, if that sounds fair. Okay, cool. I'm going to roll deception. Okay. Um, and I'm going to say, you fucking piece of shit. You think we'd leave that elemental stone of, of fire not under our watch? We don't need your fucking stone, and we're still going to rip you to shreds. Nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. We just came here to kick your so that ass. that says 26 for deception. 17 to hit? Uh, 17 hits. So you all uh, see, you also uh, sneak attack damage. So Patches goes running in, and you don't hear his feet. You hear his voice, and he's quick. To move, like he's running in, his rapier is out in front of him, like at his side, ready to strike. And as he's screaming out at this thing, he's like, We don't need your stone. We just came here to rip you to shreds because we're sick of your shit. You run in, and as this is happening, patches, everyone else loses sight of him, just right into this cloud. And you can just see a little break where he runs into it. Patches, as you're running through this, you have a good idea of right where this guy is, and you beeline him. And as soon as you see it, you're reaching out, and then all of a sudden, you just you're on the other side of him and you all can see that cloud just puff out a bit. And that's just from the force of patches teleporting behind it. And you just slide this rapier right into his ribs as you like appear in the back of this. Roll that sneak attack damage. Sneak attack. That damn son. It's 28 damage. Holy shit. That's my favorite number. You do Adelaide's favorite number of damage. (laughs) I don't think I can, I think I use yeah. a lot of actions. So you see, you see this thunder on the edges of this dome patches as your rapier is inside of this thing's ribs. As you're, you're like just talking to this thing and it seems to be making a move. It's not quite its turn, but it has a few things it would like to say to you when it is up. Adelaide <laughs> is up for now. So this will be flying around and she's probably worried because I'm down on my knees now. And I look up at her and I, I like growl and like... Like, she can see the determination in my face as I growl and I say under my breath, no one but a real tells me what to do. Okay. And I stand up and I'm going to, all of us, all of us stand up and we're all going <laughs> to move. The, all of them stand up. <laughs> the, all the lades. Yeah. All the lades stand up. <laughs> and um, I am going to summon a water elemental. Okay. So you oh. hold this stone out and you. So I am going to summon it right like yeah. in front of the fire elemental as close as I can yeah. get. Cause I want, you know, fucking captain planet up in this bitch. I like, you know, <laughs> but, yeah. that's what I had in mind. Yeah. Like, so yeah. you summon this water mirror Madonna. And as you do, your stone goes from 
uh, 20 out of 20 charges to 19 out of 20. It loses just a little bit of its power. And as that water gathers into the center of the room, you can see this moisture wicking together and off of the surface. And this heat is blazing. And you all hear this splash, just like... And like a geyser, this water shoots up and it takes this form and it sits here. Adelaide, it will be active on your next turn, basically. Mallory is up. And as Mallory is up, she sort of fell down over there. She's going to move forward up and behind this uh, water Myrmidon. She'll get just behind it. And as she gets behind this thing, um, she puts her wand away and in her pocket. And she sits here and you can just like all of this wind is blowing around. You can see her little pigtails just bouncing. (laughs) As she is sitting here and behind this thing, um, she like holds her hand out and just like touches its armor really quickly and just kind of pulls at it. And you see her just like look down at it for a second and then she lets go and you all can just see this like wicked little smile spreading across her face. She looks over at Arwal and she goes, watch this. And then you see her splash into a puddle herself and she recollects. And there are now two of these Myrmidons. Yes, girl. It's impossible to tell which one is which. But they are both sitting um, in front of this thing. It looks like there are two of these Myrmidons sitting in the center of this room. And as this like water is splashing and gurgling, you just hear this little like giggle coming from the inside of it. But uh, it looks like there are two of these Myrmidons sitting in the center of this room. And as these two things are splashing together, this Afridi speaks to you, Patches. And like you don't, you hear all the splashing, the giggling, the talking, the stuff that's going out on outside. Uh, Dadalate says. When you fall off the horse, you just got to get right back on as you're like all standing back up. Shut up, I'm trying to be cool, Dad. <laughs> and uh, Patches, this thing talks to you and it says, I'm not going back empty handed. Your property, and that's your problem, not mine. But being this close, you do see it put that stone away. Your deception was successful. It doesn't seem like it's going to just like burn through all those charges and summon all these things anymore. It still will be fighting you, but the stone is up and it's not blowing mm-hmm. that shit. So can the rest uh, of us hear what he said? Uh, yeah, he just, yeah, okay. you can all hear him like speaking out. His voice is booming. He's a very big creature. Okay. So and go ahead. Save if he... Yes, as his turn starts. And a strength save. Storm sphere. Uh, the con save is a nineteen. Okay, so he takes 10. Okay, 10. And then the strength save is a 13. Which fails, and he takes 8. You all hear this stomp and patches. You see it, too. He has this scimitar that's just, like, pulled out and in front of him. And he's just, like, breathing. And he's he's got this rapier in him. And you just feel his body lurch. And your arm goes up with it. And this foot just... And as this happens, you all feel the floor shift physically. In this entire place, your legs all shake. And you see this glowing light show up underneath you. And as it does, this wall just... As it happens, it's going to go through uh, the Adelaide's and the Myrmidons. This wall, is it a wall of fire? It is a wall of fire. It's 60 feet long. Oh, shit. 20 feet high and a foot thick. So it goes all the way. It does get guy. Yeah. Yeah. Then the wall appears, each creature within its area, so that's uh, Adelaide, Guy, Mallory, and the Myrmidon need to make dexterity saving throws. Come on, dex. Dexy. 12. Ah, yes. Dirty 20. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's a save. That's a fail. Mallory yeah. Mallory also fails. Uh, the Myrmidon gets a natural 20. <laughs> so, yeah, baby. Uh, the Myrmidon, Is it's that something Mallory can use her bardic inspiration on? Yes, thank you. Good reminder. Absolutely. 
Mallory saves. <laughs> You're yeah, welcome, Mallory. 100%. So Mallory saves, which is great because she's a child and she does not have that much HP. Yeah. Um, so as this happens, Guy is going to take uh, full damage and everybody else is going to take half, except the Myrmidon is going to take zero. And as this wall erupts, you all are going to take tw- uh, 20 damage. Uh, Adelaide takes 10 and Mallory takes 10. Mallory takes this damage and as she does it like burns through this other Myrmidon so this wall is burning for what it's worth everybody who is near this wall the heat is incredible and this furnace has opened up it touches the ceiling in this place what's left of the tapestries immediately ignite there are these spheres at the other end of the room near the Ephedi just floating around it there's this enormous wall of fire that is cutting this entire place in half that is shedding all of this light on everyone in here. There are two Myrmidons facing, uh, three Myrmidons facing each other. And as it's happening, Guy, you are up. Come on. Guy. You hear Guy just go, <laughs> <laughs> and I leap like a freak out of the fire because Jesus Christ, that shit's hot. Yeah. And so I kind of roll and I'm steaming and I'm patting myself off. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use my second wind, uh, which is a fighter ah. element thing, to roll a D10. For some temp HP? For some, uh, some is it heal? HP. Oh, it's healed. Yes. yes, you got it. So I get nice. nine. To, so you get 12 HP back. Then I'm going to, so as a standard action, I'm going to drink a potion of greater healing, of which I have five. I look up and I'm all steamy and frizzled and fried and ain't looking so great. And I'm just like, shut your mouth, you old bitch. And I'm going to cast silence on the Afridi, which is 120 feet. Oh, cool. yeah. Because uh, so I think that was spell. Yeah, so fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, Guy cool. steps out and he goes, shut your mouth, bitch. And he puts his finger over his <laughs> mouth, makes this noise. And as he does, that wall of fire gets sucked right back oh. down into the floor. You end that wall of fire as soon as it is happening. Because wall of fire, I believe, is a concentration spell. And uh, as my movement. Yep. Concentration. Yep. I'd like to run like right up in front of uh, Arwell. Just you or Buffalo too? Buffalo staying back. Okay. <laughs> he, he keeping that meat on him. Fair. Fair. Yeah, nice turn, dude. So you. you tell him to shut up. You cast silence. And as this is happening, this storm is raging. This sphere is swirling around it. This furnace is burning beside all of you. You can, all of you are screaming out. And for a moment, it all just like, you hear it all go quiet, even though it's all here. And that fire with that sound is gone. Arwell, you're up. Calista, you'll be on deck. I'll kind of peek back around my little pillar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the pillar of hiding? Um, and he's still in the storm sphere, right? He's never moved? Yeah. Okay. Um, on your turn, does the stink sphere move 10 more it feet? It moves, yeah. Okay. Um, so he's still in the storm sphere. Well, no, so he's heavily obscured by the stank cloud. And okay. so you would roll disadvantage on any attacks that you okay, all make against him to do disadvantage. I think it would have been a 16, so it would not hit. Uh, yeah, that wouldn't hit. Okay, cool. And then... I will kind of have, I'm just going to guess for my action, kind mm-hmm. of like mentally tell Ori to start uh, circling up here above okay. the Afridi. Yeah. So this, this storm sphere is sitting here. The stank cloud is sitting here. Uh, the stank cloud is starting to dissipate just a little, though it is still obscuring these Afridian patches. And you will see Ori just starting to fly above them. As Arwell's turn is up, this lightning bolt like, like arcs out toward it, but it doesn't seem to hit anything as it's just like, stretching out and across the ground toward and this. since that's an action, can I have uh, roll stealth for Ori? Yeah. Okay. 13. Okay. 
From the Afridi, she's heavily obscured too because he's yeah. inside the stand cloud. This Myrmidon is up itself. And as this thing comes up, it moves over toward these two. And as it sits in front of these two, it brandishes this scimitar. And as it does, it swings this thing out three times at the creatures that are sitting in front of it. It's going to it's gonna like swing at both of them evenly. So I'll roll to see which one it hits. So its first attack, um, the first one is a hit. And as it comes down, it manages to make a hit on this first one. The second one, it hits the other. That's going to be a hit as well. And then on the third one, it's going to hit the first one. All three are hits. And so as this thing is swinging this scimitar, it comes down hard with it. It hits all three times. Uh, the water elemental is going to take... Uh, so it takes 14 damage, and then it's going to take another 19 uh, damage from that. And then... Yeah. And as this uh, third strike comes down, it's just slashing through this water on this one. And you guys can like see to your relief that this water is being pushed out from it as it hits. And then on the third hit, you hear a small scream. just ah! And then like you see Mallory's body just like hit the ground. She still looks like this Myrmidon, but it doesn't cut through and you don't see that water like splash out like it does on the other one. So Mallory's down. She's unconscious um, as she hits the floor in front of this thing. Uh, Callista, you were up. Okay. Um, don't bring children to battle. Uh, right? That changes my <laughs> as plans. As fun as it is. Um, I am going to, um, I cringe seeing her go down, but I've got to plug ahead with what I was going to do. Um, so I'm going to move forward about 30 feet. Okay. She puts me up here behind this fallen column, and I am equidistant between the fire bitch that just hurt our baby mm-hmm. and evil Hellman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and from that distance, I can cast Bane on both of them if I cast it at second Ooh. level. So I'm going to Bane them both, nice. which means they both need to make charisma saving throws. Okay. okay. I burn a second level The Afridi is a seven. Fail. And the other guy is... That's an 18. That one saves, yeah. unfortunately. The Afridi does not save. Okay, so the Afridi from now on has to subtract a d4 from every attack roll or saving throw. I love all the visual effects spells that everybody is using. And uh, <laughs> and as this is happening, these two same, a storm sphere, a stink cloud sphere, they're blowing around. Um, and as this happens, I am going to rule that the stink cloud just is pushed away okay. as this storm sphere is ripping around it. And so the, the, the stinky green, hard to see through stuff finally blows away. You all can see patches with his repair in the middle of it. And just as that happens, you all see this ichor show up under both of them and the floor bubbling almost. And as it reaches for the fire Myrmidon, it just sort of burns off of it. And it doesn't seem phased by much when it's hit, when it's hitting or anything. It's very robotic in its actions. Mm-hmm. But with the Afridi, it sticks. You can see it like almost like tentacle sledge-like arms like, like stick up to him. And as he's ripping it off, it just sort of soaks into his skin. And you can see like his body just slump a little. Patches, you can feel that weight come down just a little bit. You can feel this thing weakening as this bane is taking over its body. Yeah, I've got hear it. one <laughs> right. more bardic inspiration left. And I think I'm going to throw that at Adelaide. Yes! I was hoping it was going to be me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you go, Miss Adelaide. Oh, thank you. And I'm going to say, all the lades. Save our little baby Mallory. All the Adelaide. All the Adelaide. Okay. Great. Now put your fingers up. <laughs> <laughs> up and the free butt. Uh, anything else, Calista? Uh oh. No, that's it. Okay, so you've you've banged this Afridi. 
Uh, Patches, as you see this ichor like swarming into its body and its body slumping over a bit, you were up. Cool. You're I'm going to not in it. Uh, disengage and then hide. Okay. <laughs> um, Great. So I'm going to disengage and then I'm going to run over to the other, to this end of the stage that the Afrit is on. And okay. I'm going to hide there. Okay, so Patches, like, you'll see this uh, black strange ichor, this bane affecting this Afriti. It goes to scream out, but no noise emanates from its mouth. And then you all just see Patches like, just like the shadow of him, this black shadow just blurs across the stage and he's gone. Is this the uh, room the bullet still? ripped out of the dragon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the room where Yenitazas has had a bullet lowest, his, but... Other than a nat one, the lowest possible stealth roll that I can make. Did you roll a two? No, is a oh. 15. Oh, a 15. That's wow. ridiculous. That's crazy. This high little rogue shit. So it's looking not well. The thing is slumping a little bit. Yeah. Little slumpy. Little slumpy. I'm gonna try something that I. Next big rapper. I'm gonna try something that I know in my soul is new and powerful, and I trust Oriel, and I know she's as pissed off that something tried to tell me to do something that I am. Uh-huh. And. <laughs> oh, I guess I can get right up there. So I'm getting as close as I can to the Ifrit, and I'm kind of near Mallory's body, but you know what? Mallory, I'm so sorry. I'm busy. Yeah. And (laughs) I... Let the adults work. (laughs) Let the adults work. Okay, I'm going to cast Blight. I'm going to get as close as I can to him, and I'm going to cast Blight. Okay. Uh, He's going to make a con save. Um, We'll use the same, so it's a fail. Still 8d8. So basically, it's going to make a con save. That is a 14. So it, it fails. fails. So it's gonna take sixty-eight. Ooh! Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Forty-three damage. That was right. a good choice. Um, okay, great. Anything else, Adelaide? Um No, I think that's it. Alright, Mallory's gonna make her first death saving throw. That is a failure. Oh, baby. Mallory misses her first saving throw. This is free. It's scimitar sitting here, its arms are slumped. And it says, You will pay for your crimes. Don't forget, you were enslaved due to your own negligence for breaking our laws, not sold as others. This is on you. This is penance you must answer for. I am a messenger, not the master. And as it says this, it just like flicks its sword and its fire just like ignites on it once more. It looks around for Patches, and it cannot see him, so it quickly moves up to Callista. And as it is sitting above you, Callista, with the scimitar, it has one hand out in front of it, and it brings this scimitar down and toward you, and it swings two big times with this thing across you. The first is a 21, and that sort of hits. the second is a 16. Does that both, hit? Both hit. Okay. Okay, so the first is, and this is interesting because it's Callista, mm-hmm. so... The first hit is going to be 11 slashing damage and then 7 fire damage. For you, it's going to be 3 fire damage. So 14 is the first hit. And I'm just going to, um, on the next one, I'm just going to factor your resistance into the total damage I give you. Uh, And then the next one is 20. That's with your resistance factored in. So as these two slash across, you'll see Callista dancing around it, but Callista, this sword is humongous and this Uh Afridi wields it expertly. It is tough to duck under this thing. And even though it doesn't like slice your armor open and cut deep into your skin, the heat and the steel from this is still knocking you around. Uh, luckily, however, that heat doesn't burn your skin quite mm-hmm. as easily as everyone else. I enjoy else's. it a little bit. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you feel a little bit at home. Um, and then we'll take your Myrmidon's turn. Yeah. 
Me which you were right beside, by the way. So yes, I, under I'm control. not in control of it. Yeah, you are. I am. You're under control. It's my thrall. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sweet. Okay, I'm gonna have it make three trident attacks. Okay, awesome. Ooh, and I'm gonna use its freezing strike, so it deals an extra five cold damage. Okay, nice. Oh, wait, do I roll for it, mm-hmm. or does? Oh, I get to roll for it. Yep, it should say plus something this besides is so the hit. So exciting. Okay. Be uh, gentle. It's been a while since we played D and D. So the first one's gonna be fourteen. A not fourteen does not hit. The same yeah. AC, right. Sorry. You're basically sort of fighting um, it. Seventeen, not a hit. Um, and then another 17. You motherfucker! So this thing's oh tried it. It, like, you, you've seen these two. They have these robotic, like, movements. And the other fire myrmidon seems almost complacent in its movement. And then you see this water myrmidon just twist its trident and starts jabbing it at this fire myrmidon. And as it's happening, it starts to move quickly around it. And it's, like, parrying it with its. And you guys just see how proficient these two things are in battle. It's quite literally all they're built for. And it becomes very obvious as they start fighting. Their movements are quick and blurred, and you all think it'd be hard to dodge it, but somehow it doesn't land a single blow on uh, this fire myrmidon. And then I believe you roll a d6 to see if it gets its freezing strike back. Yeah, it says recharge six. I don't know. You have to roll a six on a d6. Oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Roll six. That's a six! No shit! Yeah! So it gets its freezing strike back. Still has the power to do that. Uh, it misses a few times. Callista is face to face with this Afridi, just dancing around its scimitar. Um, as it is cutting and a scimitar is, I think it's a simple weapon, but it's a beautiful weapon. And it's like seeing Callista and this thing just like tangle with one another. It's very similar to a dance and like you're very fluid. And so is it with this curving blade as it keeps like bringing it around its head. And then uh, guy, you're up. Get ready to hear my belly button podcast. So I forgot last time that the last time I leveled up as a fighter, I get two standard attacks Mm -hmm. because fighters are nasty motherfuckers. And I would like to... Um, attempt to shoot the Afridi in the face with yeah. my longbow. Blah! That is a 19. It's a hit. For the first one. And a 19 for the second one. Hey! <laughs> that's also a hit. Now, <laughs> uh, yeah, so guy just pulls in just like one arrow after another, just like reaching them back. His muscles are taut and glistening as he pulls back this longbow. I don't know if you've ever shot a longbow, but they're hard as fuck to pull back. Yeah. And so you're just like... Two back-to-back. takes a lot of strength to be able to do that. 17 damage. Okay, and so as these arrows are sailing at this thing, they, you see, like, one lodge into it, and you just see it, like, hit the shoulder as it is swinging at Callista. Uh, how do you kill this Afridi guy? Oh, shit! <laughs> yeah, you just see the fucking... I'd like to think that it's looking down at Callista and trying to say That's something. More that I wanted to say to it. So, what? Uh, <laughs> I have other shitty things? Oh... And uh, it looks down at Callista, and it's like, I will grind your horns, your horns to dust. And then the fucking yeah. like, arrow just goes right yeah. through his neck, and he's like, he's like, ah. and like the blood pressure's like, yeah, yeah, like magma's just coming out. And I'm like, quick, Pat, just say your piece. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and so this thing goes down onto one dead. knee, and as it does, that Myrmidon, uh, its master killed. It just, it has no purpose. They are aimless. It just. Like you see it burn out, its Ouch. armor its armor turns to ash and dust and just floats away in yeah, front of it. Really. Um, its purpose has been served. It fought alongside of its master who has now been slain. And as this thing burns up, you all hear this very loud ting, just like up against the floor. And you see this bright 
brilliant ruby just like sitting on the ground uh, where this thing was in the midst of this pile of ashes. How convenient. And, and, and you see it like Callista and Guy just clawing at its throat where this arrow is lodged into it trying to speak and all that's coming out is just like... <gasps> It's like air is escaping it. You can feel the heat. Can I run over to it and like, like just jump on his throat? Yeah, yeah sure. Calista just, just like stands there. With all my there. weight, just fucking jump on his throat. Yeah, and so as he's on the ground, like struggling, you can. The heat is literally like a tea kettle, like like whistling out of his neck. That's how much pressure and heat is inside of this body. And you all just see patches like running from the shadows, like boom, like both feet out his throat. And as you do, patches, this thing just as you hit it. You just, this fire just engulfs around patches as his body like slams down and into this thing. And it just wisps up into this smoke and these ashes. And in the center of all of this soot and ash and smoke, there's a bright gleaming ruby sitting in this floor. I run over to Mallory. Okay. Um, I drop my storm sphere. Okay, yeah, and this storm sphere goes away. The stink of that cloud is gone. It's just you all and these bodies, a pile of ash and a lot of smoke. Cool, I pour a health potion into Mallory. So Mallory regains consciousness. Um, and as she does, she's like gasping at it and she grabs up toward you, Arwol, and she is like just grabbing your coat and you can see her like her hands are shaking and she's looking at you and you can see like the tears on her eyes as she snaps back out of this form because she was still looking like a Myrmidon as you pull her. Yeah, I'm going to wink at her and be like, that was a pretty good trick. Yeah. Um, how much do you get her for? Ten. Ten. Nice. That's her maximum. Oh my god. <laughs> She's a puppy. Yeah. Oh, also, god. if anybody else has them and needs to know, the greater healing potions are 4d4 plus 4. Mm. Ah. Excellent. So you bring her back, Arwell, and you say, that's a that's a cool trick, and you see her like start to laugh, and she's like, she cracks this little smile, and she goes to laugh, and then she just breaks into tears. No. Like, she just starts crying, and she's like grabbing your shirt, and she pulls herself up to you, and she just tucks herself up against you, and she sort of cradles her face into yours. And, uh, and as she's sitting here, she just whispers to you really gently as like Gumble comes over and he sits on her shoulders. Um, and she, as, as she's sitting here, no one can hear this except you are. Well, she just says, like, as she's bawling her eyes out on you, her body's heaving. She just says, I don't want to go fight the dragons. Don't. You all have killed the Sofridi. Uh, she sits here and as she reaches into her pack, uh, she says, I, I didn't get nothing from Isaac's. I, you should have this. Well, take it. Meanwhile, Callista is picking up the stone that is now laying basically at her feet. Yeah. And so you, you pick this up. You're the only mm-hmm. one who can hold this, mm-hmm. which we've established. Um, so Callista holds this stone. This heat is emanating from it. You aren't sure how many charges are left mm-hmm. on it without um, doing a detect oh. magic or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't it doesn't glow as brightly as the first time you all saw it. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it's that. It's been used. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there still dried dragon blood all over the floor? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a dead bullet squished in here too, I guess. I'm gonna call Thistlebeak back to me. Okay, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, so Thistlebeak comes over and lands and her like little head is just like pushing up against yours. Uh she's on your shoulder once more, she's I not give her flying around. Kiss. I say another battle well fought, my friend. Yeah. She just chirps out to you, she loves it. <laughs> I'm like, it's really fun to stick it to a goddamn Afridi finally. Yeah, you gotta suck it to that Afridi. Yeah, remember how hard stuck it was him to in the goddamn the neck. It's like Yeah. They weren't expecting Guy on the Buffalo to come back all cut. And oh, I fucking hate them so much. I wanted to talk so much more shit. I like I had a list of things I wanted to say. Such a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> the last time we fought one, I had just cut off my toe. That's true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you, and you totally now, didn't right? have to. Yeah. yeah, you got it restored. You got yeah. your toe restored. So I, like a dum dum, I got everything restored except the tattoo on my neck. God damn it. 
I know. I was thinking about that when I was writing this up. I was like, ha ha, get fucked. The brand thing? Yeah. Did we check to see if the kettle was still standing when we got here? You you have not checked in to see if Madame is around since you got here. Here's what's happening. We're eating Cheeto Puffs. We're eating Cheeto Puffs. Cheeto Puffs. Yes. You know what you can't find anymore? What? Unless in, in like maybe at like an IGA or something. Hmm. Yeah, she did open them upside down. Um, I know. Cheese I'm... doodles, which are made by Wise. And like Wise, do Wise potato chips still exist? Yeah. And they're superior to Lay's. I, I agree. Yeah. And cheese doodles are superior to Cheetos. Mm, I don't have cheese doodles opinions. Are the cheese doodles? Really? I just don't yeah. know. Are I don't like know. The like tinier Cheetos? Mm-hmm. What's that? Oh, are they you guys like, yeah. like the Tortoise. tinier, crunchier yeah. Cheetos? They're, <laughs> they're similar size. Chicharron? But just the cheese flavor, I think, is better. It's less sharp. Well, that's the best thing about Wise, is the seasoning they put on there, they just coat that shit. And it's better. Wise barbecue? And it's like, they fuck your honey barbecue. Yeah. No, 100%. Wise barbecue. I would, I would so marry Wise yeah. Barbecue. <laughs> yes. Like they're always so crispy and light, and there's just eighteen fucking pounds of barbecue powder on yeah, every chip. You just press your tongue against the roof of your mouth, and all the chips crumble. Well, if I'm gonna roll with that, <laughs> yeah. I, I eat Snoop Dogg's favorite, which are the chili cheese fries. Wrap snacks the, the, are good. Well, it's just the chili cheese Fritos. That's Snoop Dogg's favorite. I like chili cheese Fritos. They taste like an armpit smells, but I really like them. Have you had the new Cardi B wrap snacks? No, they're really good. Dude, <laughs> you know what's good? <laughs> Cheap gas station yeah, chips is what's good. Yeah, you can tell we're all alcoholics. Cardi right. B wrap snacks, they're really good. Snack what flavor is Cardi B's wrap snacks? It's a, um, it's like a spicy barbecue. Ooh. It's a spi- spicy barbecue and nail polish remover. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, I understand that you may be wondering how we just got out of this Afridi fight and are now talking about our favorite chips. It's because we went outside and bounded. We're, we went and bounded for an hour. Yeah, I was going to say, and we drank bourbon and we took a break mid session and we're eating potato chips. Listen to Alan eat one right now. Here's Hello. some uh, ASMR of uh, me licking the Cheetos mm. Ooh. Quiet, please. cheese off of my fingers. Do it, Patches. Ew. Ew. <laughs> I did not like that. <laughs> I, hold on. I wanted Please to get, unsubscribe. I really wanted to get a semi from that. Didn't happen. I'm going to cover, cover that like, up with this Cheeto. Hold it's up. It's like your finger coming out of a bubble. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we uh, we stepped away for an hour and a half and we drank bourbon and we bonded and we played on a tiny ping pong table and it's still the same goddamn episodes. <laughs> you know what? Take a second. You're welcome. Take a second. Open your podcast app. Consider what your life would be like without Hit Dice and hit the fucking five star review button or I'm going to scream. <gasps> you all have defeated this Afridi that has been sent out after you. Um, it it was a tax collector of sorts from the elemental plane of fire sent by the Basham Gurda himself. You all were slaves directly underneath him. He was a repo man. Uh, yeah, no, for real. He was a repo man of the elemental plane of fire and you all sent him straight back into the ashy pit from whence he came. You're all sitting in this place. Mallory has given something to Arwell and whispered to him that she does not want any part of like a bigger fight than this. Um, Good. She got cocky. She got hurt. And as this happens, you all hear this slight in the distance, like as this is all settling, as these 
incredibly visual spells are all simmering and coming back down. They're dissipating out from this place. The floor is cracked. The tapestries that were left, the clothes that were on the floor has all burned up. There's a pile of ash in the floor. Callista, you now have the elemental Mm -hmm. uh, stone of fire in your hand. You have all four stones that you were told to get. And as this happens, you hear the slightest jingle jangle coming from outside, like a small bell. And as it gets closer and closer, you realize it is the tags on the dog collar. Just like, tink, 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 tink. And this shaggy, mangy dog just like walks up to Guy as uh, Guy is still sitting closer to the entrance than most of you. Smoking. And yeah, and and, this, and, and Steve the dog just starts like licking at your calves as like you're sitting here like licking the sweat off of your I'm calves. I'm like, Steve the dog, your presence here is really fun to tie into with the end of the story. And I just start petting him and yeah, letting him lick my like, face. Yeah, and as you're petting him, he just like, you can see his like mouth stretching back. Like he just hasn't been stretching in a while and his hair is really greasy and dusty, but he's just like wiggling his body like this way and that, like where he wants uh, you to be pet. Does he still have a uh, like... The the uh, yeah. manacle? The manacle. Yeah, or, no, he doesn't have it okay. on him anymore. Patches, how's your dragon oh. bracelet feeling? Uh, I don't know, Wes. How is my dragon <laughs> It's <bracelet>? fine. All <laughs> right. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> as far as you can tell, Steve is just a fun he's, recurring uh, character. He's just the best dragon, so even the bracelet can't pick yeah. up. Aww. He's cursed. Best dragon boy. I'm like, pet name, and I'm slicking his hair back, and I'm like, as soon as you turn into a dragon, I'm going to have to kill you. Yeah, and his tail starts wagging. <laughs> <laughs> Callista comes over and prestidigitates all the dirt off of him so we yeah. can a clean dog. It's he's a like lot of dirt and like ticks and shit. I have to shit. cast it several times. <laughs> yeah, and like a few engorged ticks like roll off of him and stuff and he like... Like, he shakes it off and, uh-huh. like, he doesn't actually have dog tags. Like, he doesn't have, like, a rabies tag and shit. He just has, like, a leather, a big leather strap with a few buckles that have been, like, buckle holes that have been, like, punched into it by a mm-hmm. weapon. And a few pieces of metal and scraps that are just dangling from it. Like, he doesn't have a proper owner or anything. And he looks up at you and he's got this mangy, light gray hair. And he's just looking at you and it's very wiry and his ears are just sticking out. And he's just, like, tongue hanging out the side of his mouth, just, like, looking at you, shaking his butt. And he seems to, like, get even more excited. And he starts to get little tippy taps mm-hmm. as the dirt gets off of him. And he's just like... Hey, guy. Hmm. Have you ever, like, really talked to Steve? No, but we totally should. I feel like yes. maybe Steve has a side quest for us. I guess. <laughs> yeah, in like episode quest. four. Yeah. <laughs> He's I tap bet, dancing. I bet Steve has seen some shit. He probably I'm has. sure he has, yeah. Well, just to see if our uh, DM's improv skills are pretty good, I can't speak with animals. They're dead! Everybody's fucking dead! <laughs> <laughs> Do you do you Steve. blow do you blow a spell slot to speak with Steve? Might as well. Yeah, fuck it. Okay. I'm hey, sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're there. Everybody's encouraging guy to speak with Steve. I feel like if Steve showed up, we should probably talk to Steve. Steve probably has a lot to say about the shit that has happened in Ravenclaw. <laughs> Since we've been gone. <laughs> just like Since we've been gone. <laughs> Steve, what have you seen here in the destruction of Raven's Blair? Uh yeah. And Steve speaks out to you. You have spoken with only two other animals, I believe. One was a squirrel. No one's buffalo. And one was buffalo. I really talked to a squirrel? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you I'm awesome. That was a while ago. I say, tell me about the destruction of the city. What have you seen? And Steve speaks back to you. No one else can understand Steve. His tail is just wagging. He doesn't, he like barks a little and growls and grunts. But some, there's but, captions. Yeah, but only Guy can understand exactly what Steve is saying. And, um, and as Steve is talking to you, you hear Steve's, the voice of Steve speak out to you. And Steve says... I haven't seen destruction like this in me. <laughs> <laughs> so well, okay. <laughs> Steve, 
Stephen's Steve's Steve name, Sir uh, Steve. Steve says to you, I haven't seen destruction as this in, in many centuries. I know I named you Steve. What's your real name? I haven't been called by my proper name in many centuries. Uh, stuck in this form for so long. You <gasps> stuck in what? the form? <laughs> I've, I've all but now forgotten my name, I suppose. What do you mean stuck in this form? A, a, a curse placed upon me. You're fucking Oh my god, I have chills. Uh, I, I, was, I was once an adventurer like yourself. Strong and brave and, and, and facing challenges with all of my friends. I, I had a I was polymorphed into this state. Can with, anybody do it? Rest, oh, we, we can't. We don't have this. With, with a, a single act, all I need to do is save one's life. And so I stick close to adventures in hopes of someday fulfilling this curse, returning to my body and dying in peace. You're talking about doing some cleric shit? Is that what you're, what you're motioning towards? Bring him with us. Oh, yeah. yeah. Put, a, put a feeling <laughs> potion in his mouth. Let him dump okay, it into wait. somebody. <laughs> You, you can are say you, this are you, to me. Are you oh, like tell telling? Me okay, yeah, yeah exactly. Oh okay, why don't like why like can the dog say like bring Thunder Dick back or something? Like can <gasps> we, we yeah. like we can actually make Steve pour like a potion in his yes. throat or something like that? Yes. yes. To a fucking thunder shout. Yeah. And then sorry, I hear I just slit my throat right in front of Mallory's fine. Thundershout is still like, you know. Knocking her out. Let me see if I can find the original Steve the Dog story. But we thought the Thundershout was unresponsive to potions, though. We tried to. Well, no, but he had signs from the Ifrit or Ifriti on him, and so like. Does anybody have like a restoration anything? Uh, No. Uh, I don't have that level of healing. Resurrection wands. Or or he can put my uh, wand of cure serious wounds in his mouth. Yeah, and that's cast. more elegant. <laughs> I remember whatever you guys think. It's like, like fetch, boy. Save one of us in the last battle because we might die. Right? Yeah, but I want him to come to life now. I'm impatient. Um, I have, yeah, I have questions. <laughs> I need answers. How far are we from Thunder Dick? Uh, I mean, it took you all. I think it, it's just like a half hour's Wait, walk. Where are we to... going to go to the kettle? Maybe someone's right there. And I want to talk to Cliss and be like, mm. um, let's see if um, Madame can take in Mallory. Oh, yeah, if we can find her. Yeah, if she's alive. She's probably in the tunnel. I think she's yeah, probably oh, in the tunnel. So I know the probably. kettle is gone. We established that. Oh, is, we did? I'm okay. pretty sure it was. We haven't gone to it. You guys haven't checked yet. Yeah, okay. We we should check on that because I really want to know yeah, if Madame is okay. Okay, yes, yeah. it would be cool to talk to Steve as a my <clears throat> my thing will last for ten. Well, he minutes should just come with us. I'm sure he'll have cattle. a chance to. I'm going to say to Steve, I think we can help you out with your curse, bud. But I'm going to give you a uh, like a some sort of uh, motion cue, and I'm we're going to figure it out. Yeah, and then he says. I would appreciate that very much. Mm-hmm. I say the secret. I, I, however, I I am uh, unable uh, to leave the city no as as a part of my curse. Heard. Well, we ain't leaving the city either. I mean, it's here. But right? We got options. 
Let's walk towards and see if the kettle is still there. Steve the yeah. dog is invited to come with us. Yeah, he, he like trots along with you. As you walk back outside, Buffalo is walking with you. Gumble is sitting on Mallory and you all can like feel this deep concern that Gumble has for her, this small red pseudo dragon with the scorpion-like tail. Mm-hmm. Um, and for what it's worth, uh, Thistlebeak also has that scorpion-like tail. Like I always describe Thistlebeak as being a brilliant blue with those uh, rainbow red like pixie wings that look like stained glass. But Thistlebeak also has that scorpion tail. All pseudo dragons do. And as you all are walking down here, Steve, you can just hear the click clack of Steve the dog's uh, nails on the pavement as you are are walking down this place. And as you walk down, it's completely destroyed. The ocean rises up to meet the hillside that you are currently walking down. And you can see the flotsam of a multitude, an army of destroyed ships just washing up and toward the ports. A once proud wall that lined the back of you lays crumbled and melted all around this mountainscape. The entire city has been flattened and melted. Few buildings remain upright and no people are moving around the city. Uh, You're used to seeing it as this bustling place, but it seems deserted now. A dull orange light washes over everything. It washes over this once great town and all it does is add to the feeling of destruction and despair. An eerie quiet that's almost tangible is in the air around you. And you can see the dragon circling out on the sea past you. The sky over the ocean looks so strange as you're looking out and over this place. A faint rainbow halos around a single brilliant source of light over the ocean. At each of its four axes, you can see a smaller light that sits there, like they're connecting the rainbow around this light. It hurts to look directly at any of these sources of light. The clouds and the sky itself seem to part around this sitting in the middle of the ocean. The sky looks like a brilliant burning fire all around you, like an eternal sunset. Except this doesn't feel like the welcoming sunset you experienced on the elemental plane of air. It's malicious and it's foreboding. Almost as if in sync with the smaller lights on the halo, you can see the silhouettes of dragons flying slowly around it. And almost lazily, casually, just flying around this thing. You can hear their roars in the distance as they're either talking with one another or threatening you to stay away. A form resembling a skyscraper rises just below this spectacle. The structure is jet black and has a pitch black pillar of smoke rising up out of it and behind that source of light. It seems to originate from the water itself, however. And what is strange is the clouds that are around this place are bubbling. And every once in a while, it looks like a puff of smoke falls from it. Just down to the land in a distant region or down to the ocean below it. You can see what looks like these tiny forms just like pulling themselves away from the clouds and falling into places. Mm, shit. Um, and then as this is happening, a voice shouts out to you. My friends! And as you look, a beautifully tanned man in full body armor is looking out to you. And Goncalo stands here, his hair slicked back and beautiful. He stands, uh, you all are in the ballroom that is beside the Council of Lords. He stands just outside of the door. Oh, my friends, it is so good to see you. We are all inside of this place. Come in. Come in and see us. Um, It's a check. Keep paying attention to that goddamn bracelet. Okay, that's not bad. Uh, 16? Yeah. He seems distressed. 
and he mm-hmm. seems a little desperate, but he seems like he's cracking what little bit of a genuine smile he can. And it seems like, I think it's actually him. Yeah, and you recognize Goncalo. Okay. Silris, your friend, he waits for you inside. Uh, as does Eustable. Much has happened. Okay. Um, Many men have been wounded here. All right, I see Arwell looking at his relic here. What do you... Oh, yeah, I mean, just on the way in. How far away to Sorius and everyone? Um, I mean, he's at the door in front of you. It's okay. it's like some yards, like 50 yards away. It's he's like far. screaming okay. and waving to you. Yeah, well, but you, you have some privacy. Silver's the blonde guy from the dreams. No, he was my fellow professor. He was also, he's my mentor. He's, yeah. He was like one of the tinkering professors. Goncalo, he sits in front of this place. Arwell starts to look at this. And just to give you a reminder of exactly what Goncalo looks like, he has long, beautiful dark hair. Oh. His armor shines like the sun, even through all of this, and it covers him from head to toe. A long sword sits at his waist, and his hand yeah, rests on it easily and knowingly. <laughs> he wears a large, bright smile, even here, even in this devastation. His skin is well-maintained. It looks to be shining, and it is a brilliant copper. But you all can see him uh, smiling at you. Uh, Arwell, you're looking at this piece of paper that you have. You're rolling an investigation. Yeah. 14. Uh, With the 14, you don't notice anything special about it um, other than it is, in fact, the contract that you all signed in person with Isaacs. Um, All of your names are barely visible. They are faded on it. But you can see the original signatures that you had on your contract with him as your patron. Um, Can you detect magic? I can can you do it as a ritual so you don't lose a spot? Yeah. yeah. Once we get inside, I think that'd I be a good idea maybe, just in case. That's such a stretch. Well, I don't know why it would have been if, given back to us. Uh, if well, there weren't... Something. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Let's... let's or maybe it's just a reminder, but either way, yeah, let's go. Okay. So, Soros. Yeah, so it, it just seems to be the contract that you all signed with Isaacs, a mm-hmm. memento if nothing else. As you investigate it, um, something that stands out to you, just to tug at your heartstrings a bit, is um, any actions that you perform, it says, can be directly tied back to Isaacs. It says that he's accountable for anything that you do and that he stands in name in front of you all if something were to happen. Um, And so you you have this original piece of paper, though it is burnt, melted a bit, and aged from the destruction of this city. Um, but you have this memento of Isaacs in your hand, um, and you are going to follow Goncalo inside yeah. of the Council of Lords. Yeah. So as you walk into this place, the first time you came in here, there were brilliant plants. They were alive and thriving and blowing with the wind that came in here. There are these intricate wire frame, or, or sorry, iron frame windows that don't actually have glass in them. It's almost as if the stained glass has been popped out of all of it, but the art remained, and that wind blows through here down off of the Earthspur Mountains brilliantly, and it cools you and it refreshes you and your strange party does walk into here except there's light pouring in from the ceiling now and those ravens that were perched on the mountains around them one of them has literally melted like ice and Mm. it's just like you can see the form of it melted here and there are two small figures at the end of the hall one of them is a handsome man with elaborate clothing he wears bright reds and rich purples he has a cloth hat bunched up on his head with a bright flower on the side of it. An enormous smile that has been permanently stamped on his face since you've known him, it's not found as you walk into this place. He attempts a small one, but as he looks out to you all, this enormous mustache of his, it barely moves as he talks. And Eustable Tarthy speaks out to you, uh, one of the lords of the council. As he looks out, he just 
he was very talkative the first time you all met him. He just sort of gives you a polite smile and nods his head as you all walk in. Another man sits beside him. He seems well put together and short. With a fine-kempt red beard and hair, basic robes hang down his small body, and you can smell the forge fire and grease on him before you even approach. And Sioros' big gnomish hand is waving, and he says, ah, Professor Garwin, Adelaide, it's so good to see you safe. I'd all but thought about leaving this place. A lot of, lot of horrible things have been happening. Uh, very stressful, uh, very hard to concentrate, but, but we do have good news. I have good news, anyway. Uh, I've been sitting here with Eustable and Goncalo, hoping that someone would return. How have you fared? How are you all? Uh, and I'm just... Uh, fine, where's Subrask? Uh, and he looks over to Eustable. And, and I'm, like, I'm looking at all of them. Yeah, I mean, not just, yeah. yeah. Silverus looks over to Eustable and shrugs his shoulders and uh, Eustable looks out to you and he says, that bastard hasn't been seen for many days. I have a feeling he's out When was the last circles. time you saw him? You said many days. We've been gone for months. When was the last time you saw him? Uh, since all of this happened, when the news broke out that the dragons were out at sea, that they had been infiltrating this place, haven't seen him since two months' time now, I believe. He has we to be one of them. It seems very likely. Or at least in league with them. Anyway, he's not here. I'm going to go over and give Silas a hug for sure. Yeah, me yeah. too. And Silas draws, like, he grabs your clothes, both of you, and he, like, wads them up in his hands and he pulls you tight and he pulls you up against him and he says, it, it truly is a blessing to see you here. The gods have smiled upon us. If they smile, if they exist. But... Oh, yes, she has. And, uh, and he looks at you and he says, <laughs> good to hear from you as ever. It's nice to hear your spirits up. Not much of that around here. And as you all walk in here, you realize that up on the podium that is behind them, there are a lot of sheets pulled over bodies. Oh. And the bodies lay still behind all of them. And you can just see like Sirius's weak smile as he's looking out to you. And he says, we've seen many horrible things in these past few days. And I'm lucky to be alive. And as you get up to him, you notice that some of his skin is burned, permanently scarred. And, uh, and as he's looking out to you, he says, but, but, but all that aside, I don't plan to mope as you all stand here in front of me. I, I bear good news. I've been hard at work on something I think that you'll appreciate. Professor Garowin, it's a sort of balancing system. It doesn't work with magic, but physics. And I've all but mastered it. But to balance it perfectly, I need two familiar hands to help me hold it. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and he gives you both a familiar smile and says, um, Isaacs, may he rest in peace, told me of your plight, told me of what he tasked you with. Balancing things, well, with the arcane, I'm, I'm not so sharp, but but with physical things, with engineering, now that I can help you with. I think I've developed something, a sort of gyroscope that should help balance your stones perfectly. The magic outside of them, it can't be helped with, but to hold them perfectly apart, perfectly in check, I think it'll be very helpful for you. Professor, yeah. that would be amazing. Yeah, he smiles sheepishly at you and says, but I need your help balancing it. Sure. It'll take three hands. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he produces this very intricate brass contraption. And it sits on an almost a pendulum. And as it sits, it sort of just sways back and forth wildly. And he says, it may not look like much now, but if we can adjust it just right, with the weight of the stones, it, it, it will act against their own weight. 
use it to your advantage sure. and balance them perfectly. You'll both roll your uh, intelligence checks. Intelligence? Just, intel- just straight intelligence with proficiency. Oh, Lord. I say yeah. we uh, name Proficiency <laughs> plus intelligence and a d20. Your girl's wise. She ain't intelligent. Your smart. I say we name the contraction charming. the Subras. <laughs> Subras. Your girl ain't smart. It's a six. Yikes. <laughs> okay, so with an 18... How, how, how do I hold things? <laughs> I'm not so good at this. Um, so Sealers, he rolls, he rolls pretty well too, and he, him, and oh wait, can I use my oral inspiration that I haven't used yet? Yeah, if you have inspiration, you can use it. <laughs> That's an eleven. A Better than a six. So as this is happening, Adelaide's fumbling a bit. Um, oh, well, there's there's this moment. I don't want to role play too hard for you, but I do like to think that there's this moment that you see your student fumbling with this project. Mm-hmm. Uh, you all have been dealing with it, such high stakes that it's easy to forget that she was just... Or even Silverus sees right, the student. Right, right. And, and so he's seeing the both of you fumble and like the student here, but like you all help her through it. You see her fumble and then she picks it up and the two of your proficiency balances this thing. And as you were tweaking it, there are all these intricate rings that go around this. And on the outside, there are four sockets. And this thing is, it's large, by the way. It's not like a, an eight magic eight ball. Like this thing right. takes all three hands to hold. Um, it is a large item, but you can see where there are these clasps you could pull around these stones. And as you are all adjusting it, Adelaide fumbles a bit and you can see it swing. And then you all make a final adjustment and you see all of these rings swinging wildly just shift into a perfect disc and then fall into place as all of their weight counters itself. And he says, it's the least I can do. I hope it comes in handy. If nothing else, um, and if there's anything any of us can do for you, I'm sure we will, but I haven't slept in many days. Um, uh, hey, Silrus. Yeah, he stops. He, his talking stops and you have his attention. Right, right as we were coming back into Raven's Bluff and we got attacked by the Afridi. He says, oh, yes, the school is still paying for the damages, I imagine. Yeah, we just killed that guy. <laughs> and he, like, laughs. <laughs> and he's like, uh, very well. Perhaps he had it coming, yes? Uh, oh, yeah. Very uh, did he die splendidly? Hell fucking yeah. yeah. <laughs> I shot oh, that's him pretty good to hear. Now, you all know anyway, how to make sorry, a show out of things. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's good to hear that some payback is being had in all of this. And it's good to see you all. And I'm glad to help. And then to give you this, it's the least I can do, but, um, ah, and he scratches his beard and, 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 uh, Eustable speaks out and he says, bluntly, you're all the only hope we have left. It's good to see you back. We'd all but given up on this place. The last of the men we were looking after, dead. The soldiers, and he looks to Goncalo and Goncalo says, they've all either but ran away or died. Have there been continual raids on the city? Eustable looks out to you and he says, just the one. And it was uh, quite devastating. How many dragons? Do do you believe they've actually completed activating the tear fall, for lack of a better term? Well, I've never seen a rainbow sit in the sky for more than a week. Mm. I've never seen the clouds turn orange for twice as long. And these figures we're seeing falling from the sky... Probably baby dragons. I've not. I've, dragons. I've yet. I've yet to see any fall into the city, and I've yet to venture Everywhere. outside of this building myself. But oh, no. it's likely safe to assume. Cool. Let's do it's it. Has it been ten minutes since my animal thing was cast? No. 
Yo, Steve the Dog. I mean, uh, whatever your name is, adventurer buddy. Do you, does it have to be that the curse is broken by you saving somebody else's life, or do you think that there could be some sort of spell that could just break the curse? Like a greater restoration. Like a greater restoration yeah. spell. Um, yeah, and he, he says, as his voice is like fading out, Steve the Dog looks at you and says, I was an adventurer for many years. There are many magics that could break this curse of me. If one were to know to use it on me, remove curse, for instance, or uh, a greater restoration, I imagine. Let's take Mallory to Gridrum, check on Thundershout, and maybe See if... all the cleric bros. Yeah, together the their powers can totally do With their powers combined. I put my hand on Steve the dog's shoulder. I'll be harsh. Yeah, on his little doggy yeah, haunch. On his little doggy haunch, and I'm just like, you helped us in a very important endeavor at the beginning of our quest, and it's... Although you played a small part, it was awesome, and we would love to help you out. We're going to take you to get some help. He says, I would appreciate it very much. I tire of this body, and running around with the manacle you placed on me posed many problems, many wells of fire showing up, running across the city from horrifying fire demons. Real sorry about that. Oh, wait, I'm chaotic neutral. Yeah, deal with it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think that's rough? <laughs> <laughs> tell you about that no pun intended. I had my toe cut off. Well, actually, I did it myself. But well, before the spell runs out, I just say your, your service in, in what you've done to help us in defeating or potentially stopping the tear fall is awesome. You've basically kept the Afridi off our trail for a while. So, <laughs> like, when you come out of this dog farm, you're like a level 20 barbarian, right? <laughs> and And he's just like, why yeah, I think I, I am. That. I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and and Ganakala speaks out and he says, uh, "My friends, there's one more thing that we have for you. Oh, I was able to store the dancing raven and Maltart safely beneath the city in the waterways. Perfect. I don't imagine that you'll be able to take an entire ship out unnoticed, but if you have use for it, um, Maltark awaits you mm. just outside of the ports. Well, we're gonna have to get out to that fucking pillar, I'm assuming. Yeah, once again, sure. no question. <laughs> Deja vu. <laughs> Um, if we don't, I'd feel a little jipped. I might be able to help us get there undetected. I made a phone also, a we have to a, a dragon yeah, we or have to a, a we have giant. A storm giant. Yeah, that might show up. Yes, it makes some allies. Let's go to the clerics. That's a nah, dog. <laughs> ally with. <laughs> nah. <laughs> okay. Below the ports, there are many ways in and out, but only one large enough for a ship. The far right side of the ports, you'll find it easily, I imagine. Okay. Uh, Maltar does, does not wait for you specifically, but he waits an arrival. And uh, <laughs> even despite all of this, you are still champions of the council. And I pull out the little raven ring. Yeah. You and all I, still have your ebony yeah. raven yeah. rings that you were given at the beginning That's of the campaign. And I'm looking at it and thinking, up, such as it is. Yeah. I just say, we, we don't forget our purpose. This is what we were most likely born to do. And Buffalo was born twice to do it. <laughs> <laughs> he must be a Gemini. <laughs> yeah, and Sealers, um, he he wraps his arms around Adelaide, and then he wraps his oh. arms around Arwol. He says, just be safe, and thank you for everything. And as he says this, he does thank look to the both of you it. after this, and then he looks to the other three of you, and you can just see him like sheepishly smiling, and he's nervous. He like fidgets with his hands, and he strokes his beard, but... As he looks out, he seems genuine and saying I'm going to say, it. you taught me so well. 
And you see him like his head goes down and he blushes and he's like, use that knowledge wisely then. Happy to be a part of it. We're going to try to restore this city back to something. You all have given, I think, Spark Spring a better name than it could have ever hoped for. Watch this, and I cast a really cool spell. So you all leave. Uh, you say your, fel- mm-hmm. your farewells. Eustable is very mellow for the first time that you've ever seen him like this. Goncalo's given you the information that the Dancing Raven awaits you, if you choose to use it, um, though he did warn you that getting it out to that <laughs> spire with four dragons on watch would be a difficult challenge indeed. Sealris has given you a contraption that can perfectly balance four objects, um, regardless of their weight. Back to the clerics where Thunderdick is. Yeah, I think back to the tunnels. I want to hear Madame's voice one more time. Duh. I I don't think (laughs) we have time to go looking for the kettle, but let's go back to the tunnels and see if they know. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah, it seems like Steve is, like, he kind of knows his shit. Like, he might be a badass. Yeah. Yeah. Let's restore Steve. Um, One last thing. Honestly, let's take a... Like an hour rest with the clerics. We're going to need to. Oh, if I have a short rest, I get all my spell slots back. Uh, You all make your way through this decrepit, destroyed town. uh, Through this shadow of what Raven's Bluff used to be. You arrive at Thundershoats Armory. And as you get to his weaponsmith and armory, it is standing to an extent. It is recognizable, but it is still destroyed. You all investigated it. You've already found it. You know that there is a secret entrance into the tunnels under the city here. So you could just open that and go straight down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sneakily, just in case we're being observed. Yeah. I'll go down. I cover Buffalo and fucking debris. Patches goes down and you're, you, you do what with Buffalo? Well, I don't think he can climb the ladder. Oh no, he can't. (laughs) So I just, I just try to, I just tell Buffalo, like, go hide under some stuff. Okay. Try to not be visible. Yeah. Gridrum is still. Some big stuff. Some big shit. (laughs) Gridrum is still here and and he said, he looks at you and he's like, Patches! Defeated the dragon so soon! No, but we did defeat something else. But that's the dragons are. Your old insecurity of finally becoming a cleric and joining us. I. I says I kid, my boy. Yeah, yeah. I'm being lighthearted, just as Paylor lights the world around us. (laughs) What brings you back so soon? I've got the fuzzy dog under my arm and I'm climbing down the ladder and I'm like speaking clearly. He's he's doing that thing where like you pick up a dog that's too big to be picked up and he's like. At the risk of our relationship seeming a little one-sided, I do have another favor to ask you. Can you turn this dog into a guy? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Patches, I would do anything for you, my boy. No matter the cost, you owe me nothing. I'm happy to do it because I love you so much. It's good to see you again, alive and well. You're sweet. Um... (laughs) This, uh, so this dog, and I show him the dog. Yeah, and Steve's just like, (laughs) was previously a great adventurer. And listen, I'm kind of really, I'm not, I'm not so much, anyway, I don't need to, God. (laughs) Do your thing. Let's just, let's just turn this dog back into the, his former self. And if I have to help you, I'm happy to. Patches. Paylor shines his light on all of us, all of his children. This dog, however, used to be a man. He's a, a great adventurer. A great adventurer who was who was cursed by some witches. I, I can certainly. I, I grow. I grow tired in my state. Uh, I imagine this will be it for me. And I trust you, Patches. 
but there are many others wounded, and you think this worth the last of my efforts? How many more people are wounded? A great many. How many? Uh, by our count, and he looks over to um, he looks over to someone who has a ledger and is flipping through it, and they he, they scream out. It, it's a woman. She lowers her hood and she pulls this ledger out and she looks to him and she says, 26 injured, 108 dead, fifteen awake, injured as well." They can get a long rest. Here. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the longest rest. Yeah. But they're all going to sleep. Haven't they had a night's sleep yet? Here's the deal. This what could if, potentially what be a fair... I can, what, I, can cure, I can cure six people if you can restore this. Paylor shines his light through you after all, Patches. And, and, and this said, I, I, I do not intend to manipulate or guilt. No, no, no. I just think that that's a fair, that's a fair thing. I'm, you know, you got shit to do. I, we need, I think, would like to have... Yeah, he, he you approaches know. you closer, and Grindrum is, is this bright dwarf with brilliant red hair all around him. He has the symbol of Paylor, two suns, on each of his plated shoulders, a cloth that goes down the center of his armor with an enormous sun on it, and he approaches you, his cheeks rosy, in a little more solemn voice, almost croaking, he says, Patches... You would heal these people. I can, I, I can't do it the way you can do it, but I can, I can heal six people. And his, his hand grabs your shoulder and he says, I'm so proud of you. Hashtag character art. Of course, I'll restore this dog. And even if you couldn't heal them, my boy, I of course would do this favor for you. No questions asked. Yeah, but I'm going to do it. And so Allie goes, (laughs) and so he sets to it. He like squeezes your shoulder one good time. And then he walks over to Steve, the dog whose tail is wagging. And he says, this form does not belong to you, does it? And he puts his hand on the side of him. And Gridrum says, Paylor, shine your light on this child. Lost in darkness, stuck in a corner. Where your light could not reach for so long. Shine a light on him. Show him who he is. What he was. Who you want him to be. Light everything in his life. And may your light shine on the form you intended. And as this happens, Steve the dog like whimpers just for a second. And then you see his body crunch under him. And then as this is happening, this light just blindingly, brightly shines in front of all of you. And in an instant, that form is gone. There's not like dog hair on the floor. It's not like a werewolf transformation. There's a man standing in front of you in tattered gear. His hair is long and black. His beard is long and black. He has many scars on his face and chinks in his armor from fighting many things. You can see his muscles. And as he stands here, He looks out to all of you and says, Thank you. You have done a great service to me. I have lived too long in another body, one not mine. And as he's talking, you can see his body starting to... Oh, he's gonna die! Like shrink and wither and turn to ash. And he says, This is good. I've longed for this day. My body, it is physical. 
It does not last through these things. But the rewards I have earned, they will outlast me for a long time. And I would like to bestow them to you. And he holds out a small leather pouch and you can see the dust on him just <laughs> like the, the dust on him is slowly breaking off his skin his skin is slowly losing its color you can see his armor starting to rust around him his beautiful black hair that's blowing behind him thins and falls out and turns gray and he holds out a small rectangular pouch incredibly tiny and you can see him muster the smallest of smiles like, he grabs it with what little strength he has as Arvel has it in his hand, and he says, his, his voice has shrunk. His, his, his skin is sagging. The lines are developing on his face, and he says, there are only two left. You are rough. Yeah. And, 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 and like, you can see that sparkle. So that, there's just, like, a little bit of a... I'm joking. I'm not actually saying There's a... You make a long pun. And he chuckles a bit. He chuckles a bit. Oh, you don't say it? Okay. That's for Jonathan. So, at the table, you make a dog pun. And then he says, two cards left in the deck. You're fucking kidding me. You're fucking kidding me. He says... No fucking way. Draw them as you please. Oh, my God. And then, as as his body crumples to the ground, and he's like... He falls onto his haunches, the last thing that you hear Steve the dog say is, Thank you. And I say, Thank you. His body turns to ash in the floor. His armor rusts over and it's quite literally sitting in like a pile of bones wow. and ash like beside you. Uh, you have a deck look... of many things with two cards in it. Oh, Damn, what? <laughs> I want to look at our cleric friends right. and say, keep those. If we get back, I want to talk to him because <laughs> I have to speak with dead. Oh, yes. nice. Nice. Um, Shred the cards. I'm going to... I'm not... <laughs> I don't want to know who anybody is who's injured. I don't want it to like influence me that way, but I'm going to walk mm-hmm. up to Just six random six. people and cast yeah. pure serious wounds on and the six breath, people. It returns to them <laughs> six at a time. And you hear the people moaning and running and the clerics are quick at their sides and the clerics that come over the woman with the ledger is quickly scribbling. <laughs> She's like adjusting her ledger from what it was. And she goes, um, only 20 injured now. Uh, I'll, I'll change the count of living. To six. <laughs> and, and you like see her scribbling down and, and wow. Gridrum, like Gridrum's beard covers his face. But you can obviously see it raised. You can see him like sparkling as he's watching Patches do this. And like he's not talking to anyone. He just has his hands clasped in front of him. And you can just see his like this smile hidden beneath his beard as he's sitting here like watching Patches do this. But Patches, you revive six of these injured people um, back to health. They are not in a perfect state by any means, but it is a greater healing and a lot of these people are commoners, so you have more than brought them back to life. They are, like, invigorated, the ones who you have brought back. Nice. Um, but you brought six people back. But I still got one, two, three, four, five charges on this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I ever mentioned this, but, like, when Guy came back as a fighter, he's, like, a little grizzlier looking. Mm-hmm. Like, his hair is, like, a longer, his beard's a little yeah. grizzly. Yeah, like, yeah, very we talked unkempt. about it. Okay, good. Um, and I'm not... I'm I think I'm wearing armor. Anyway. A really um, buff Charles Yeah, Manson. you have that cool-ass dragon armor. <laughs> yeah, I do. And it's yeah. fucking awesome. Uh, I look at Arwa, I'm like, what's the fate of the deck, bro? Are we going to blast these bitches right now before we go into this thing? Or are we going to pull them in the, in the big old dragon fight? Hey. It's your fun, barbecue, brother. Fun fact, right? Our last campaign, we only had two cards left in our deck. I think 
It's a crossover. Did we just get our deck Is back? Is this a crossover? It's a fucking episode? crossover. <laughs> you can roll, I, can I roll you read a lot. Arcana? Patches definitely doesn't know dick. You read history or Arcana? I'll, if Arcana? You, I oh. <laughs> Okay. I rolled a 16. Yeah, 16. Um, a deck of many things is a legendary item. People yeah. talk about it. Like, it's it's in stories. People talk about great adventures going were, out to look mm-hmm. for these. He said there were two left. Yeah. So, but he meant two cards left. Yes. Two Got cards. It. Sorry. Not two decks. Um, so, yeah, two full decks. Yeah. And so <laughs> as, you were, as you were looking through this, you know that they can either cause great boons or great bane. It's one or the other. And, like, it's, it's 50-50. There's a lot of good that can happen. There's a lot of bad that can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that it is quite literally reality-altering magic that resides in these things. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm with you. Dude, let's... The two chaotic neutral people. I, I'm no, no, so no. I, I, don't, I don't feel like... like Wait, Patches, is, Patches is a little too egotistical to feel like he needs that kind of thing. You I guys think are it, the sensible ones. Yeah, it's up to you. I'm sensible? Yeah, you're. Awesome. You think you're I think Adelaide would definitely. <laughs> okay, well then you're out. This and she drew so that hilarious. card specifically totally because she's obsessed with everyone. We're holding hands and both pulling. That was just because I was touching shit. Yeah. Your example. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> so it is all your fault. Impulsivity so, is kind of a fucking plague. Y'all, um, I think Professor Garwin and I. I would have this is very card. much thingus for it. us. We try. All of the highest highs and all of the lowest lows. Yeah. And what? I think we're going to pull both of them at the same time. Think how much longer yes. the campaign will be if we have to go retrieve one of your souls. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. I don't really have uh, You wouldn't know that. <laughs> it took months to get Fina back. This is totally, yeah. This is less of way of continuing that, no, that pigeon. I I, we're going to do it. Are we gonna guy, you don't want to draw one? Die. 100% you know random. I will. Yep, it's still going to be randomized. That's how the, the deck's magic works like that, though. It's oh, always okay. random. That's so cool. Wow. We're doing it, Professor Garwin. The deck of shitty things. Although, considering considering how I've rolled this campaign, this might be the worst idea I've ever had. This is going to be fun. Or the best. Or the best. I might become a lich. Adelaide would fucking love becoming a lich. Don't you guys just imagine I'm slapping Wes's computer and say, you can fit so many more episodes and some of this thing. Or what if we draw it at the end, after we kill the dragons, and then we can do a spinoff. The fuck use is it? What are we gonna do? Yeah, but have like be like a fucking lich on a you know? Oh my god! If you get sent to another plane, I'm just gonna fucking scream. <laughs> I'm gonna take that one out. Why did like, you? Why did you even give this to us? I mean, <laughs> it was in Steve the Dog since episode four. Oh really? Mm-hmm. It was in Steve the Dog the whole time. Now, what if you command Buffalo Jeez, to draw a card? Yeah, <laughs> Buffalo to draw. He's gonna die again, dude. That would be so goddamn funny. Okay, I'm about to shuffle them. Are you guys getting nervous? We're having the most chaotic oh, item in our like what second to last episode. Like <laughs> Do you want to pick? I mean, I Arwell would, but I mean, I I'm gonna Adelaide slap Arwell's hand out of the way and pull it for him instead. It, I mean, what I will say for storytelling purposes, it would be a dumb. Arwell way has the die, deck, but though. if Guy did die, it would kind of be nice. <laughs> I don't think Guy's gonna die. I don't think anybody's gonna die. I think fifty-fifty. They're not all dead, but they're bad. They're not all dead. You could just be covered in like black oily hair and Okay, so Arwell has this deck and you got patches bring six people back to life. And are you guys doing it in the sewer? Like or in the under tunnels of the city? I just run up and draw one immediately. Yeah, Wait, so, yeah, we I'll, should maybe not do it around all these people who are Well, no no no. Dying. I think it's hilarious that Adelaide does it in front of everyone because it'd be like, you guys, they're 
And I tell them exactly. I'm just going to run up and be like, what's this? Exactly. Yep, that's right. Okay, you you ready? The fate of the universe is So Adelaide does pull the first one. Whoever's pull, who's drawn the cards, you guys are taking a toast? Fuck yeah. Okay, fuck yeah. I'm into it. Right. Do you want to do Adelaide runs over and just pulls one. Give me, a, give me the bottle. Because <laughs> I'm going to take a sip with y'all. Here we go. Cheers, Dan. To the end of the universe. To the end of the universe. Bye-bye, fools. Okay. Arwell has this deck in his hand, and he he's like, gimme, gimme, gimme. And as this guy is dying, he holds it in his hand, and I run up and go, what's this? And I draw the first one. <laughs> and you you just let it. You're like, yeah, I'm fucking Adelaide. <laughs> so you don't you don't even stop her because you roll you roll well, and you know what it is, both of you. And Adelaide's like, I know what that is, and you're like, I've heard about it. And she comes and grabs it. You don't stop her. You ready? My heart's a beating, listeners. <laughs> what did I pull? Queen the of Queen of Hearts. That's my tarot card, by the way. Queen Boom. of Cups is my girl. Heard. You ready? Wait, 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 Okay, I got my whiskey in with hand. The, I'm ready. You pull a card out, and there is just a simple picture of a key on it. It's not emblazoned perfectly, but an illustrative picture of a key just sits here on this card with a black void behind it. What's the what's the dragon blade called that you got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my packed weapon it is a dragon slayer short sword. Um, it is a plus one short sword, three d six plus four with an extra plus two d six plus four to dragons. Okay. So you have you conjure this thing, right? Like, it's not, like, in a sheath on your side. You yeah, conjure it's, it's it because like it's your packed weapon. So as you pull this card, this card evaporates, and your sword is in the hand. It has the oh. dragon's head on the bottom of the hilt, and this blade is beautiful and long, and there are two dragon's talons on the hilt. And as this blade shines up, you all see this silver sword, and you see this dragon's maw open <gasps> on the end of no. it. And you all hear this roar, like, boom, <laughs> out and over you. And as you draw the key card, your sword becomes a plus three. Hell yeah! <laughs> in addition to that, uh, it does twice as many dice in damage. Oh my god! Dude, patch of the blade coming through! Thanks, Aurel! So you got the good one. <laughs> Wait, tell me that again. Tell me that again. Uh, so it's a plus three magical oh weapon, which is as magical as a weapon can be. That's like, as finely crafted as a weapon can be. 66 plus 4d6? Yeah. Six what the plus plus 1d6 cold damage from my cold burst. Yeah. And the dra- and the extra dragon damage it does is doubled as well. That's for God to do. The dragon damage is also double. Just double how many dice you do in damage on all that shit. I got my girl. You, see, you all see now. Adelaide's blade, it roars out like a dragon, and you see this red sheen just like pass over it and you this light see, come through it. You just see Adelaide get the biggest shit-eating grin you've ever <laughs> seen her have, and she just like... <laughs> yeah. She's not gonna set herself. yeah, I love it. And then she like yeah. blesses Aurel, obviously. Yeah, the card disappears and your sword's in your hand, you hear it roar out, you see this red sheen pass over it. No, it's better that we fucking do it. Just now. right now. You're just like <laughs> Okay. I I knew that was there my card. I knew it. There a little bit, so don't, you know, don't That's like... a woogie ass shit. Yeah. Okay, what'd you get? What'd you get? <gasps> what is it? Joker. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> 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 
You ready? Oh, no. no. Guy rips this card out and you pull a card out that has a picture of a jester on it. And the jester has two masks. One is smiling largely and one is frowning. And you can see the jester, like he's about to put one of the two in front of his face. And as this jester dances on the card, it burns. And as it burns, your mind starts to burn. It almost like it's about to incinerate and then everything becomes clear. And you gain 10,000 experience. That's, yeah. So and you get a level in fighter or ranger, whichever yeah. you choose. You'd either be you just, you'd five level. or four. You're effectively a level nine. Fucking Jesus. Wow. That was ridiculous. That's, That's awesome. fucking insanity. I was so scared. I thought he was going to be like... When this magic happens, by the way, everybody who's standing around it, you feel it. Mm-hmm. This is reality-altering magic. It and changes the universe my when these cards are drawn. In strength. I'm yeah. documenting all of this. So you guys pull from the deck of many things, which is the best magic item in all of mm. yeah. And the scariest. As you're you all preparing to go fuck these dragons up, you have one last stop ahead of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. You were going to go to the kettle to see if it still stands, to see uh, Madame, who has taken great care of all of you, um, who has always given you a place to find shelter, You've not seen her in uh, more than two months at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole city has been leveled. And as you were leaving Gridrum, Gridrum grabs you, Patches, and says, Paylor has smiled upon you and your friends. This magic is none to be taken lightly. And it seems it's worked in your best interest. And I want you to know that uh, well, seeing you heal those people, it, it brought me great joy. And regardless of what happens out there, You've done well by me. You've made me proud and all the things those other clerics were saying at the school, I always knew they were wrong. There's light in you yet. That means a lot, Gritram. Yeah, and he just like smacks you on the back real hard one good time and he says, May Paylor guide your way. I'll be praying. Maybe you will. And so uh, you all exit this, uh, the, the Undercity you start making your way to the kettle of many things, and as you come to it, a sign lies broken in the street, with small chain links broken all around it. This familiar place in the city that was once the closest thing to home you all had here. The sign is barely legible from physical destruction and scorch marks, but a black kettle can barely be made out. Whatever was spewing from its open mouth is forever lost to the damage. The front of the building still stands, but almost as if it's just opposing gravity itself. Its supporting walls, doors, and windows are all blown down and melted. The building is utterly scorched, destroyed, and burned right down to the rocks that it's made from. And as you're all standing outside of the kettle, we'll end the session right there. No. Oh, man. Oh, what a session. Oh, shit. Steve!
so much to edit. Should we revive Steve oh, as he turned into ash? Shit. I am like swinging my sword. I'm not even casting just, spells in that session. Just <laughs> whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> bitch. Going down, yeah. dragons. How fucking long does it take to edit an episode of a podcast? Well, I got news for you. It's a long ass time. <laughs> Thanks for hanging in there, guys. And with the end of episode 63, you know what's next? Episodes that start with the words tearful. That's right. We have reached the end of this campaign. And by God, you made it, didn't you? Just wanted to say thanks for your support. Thanks for your patience as we pump out these last few episodes. Our schedules have been insane. And we have come to the realization that it has been an actual miracle that we have been able to get together for two straight years and record this on any sort of regular basis. But the good news is we have all of the remaining episodes in the chamber. They may take a little bit longer to edit because they are going to be longer form episodes with a little more curated sound design. Think of it as the movie that's ending the television series. But holy shit, what an episode. Deck of many things, the elemental plane of fire behind us, maybe. And uh, everyone's favorite character, Steve the dog, finally coming to light and shedding a little truth on who he really was. I cannot wait to step into the tear fall with all of you. And as we are doing that, you know what? I said it in the middle of the episode, and I'm going to say it again right goddamn right now. Take a second. Leave us a five-star review. It's the equivalent of money. We don't ask for much. We are happy to churn out all of this amazing free content for you. And as a way of saying thanks, all we ask for is a little teeny tiny thing called a five-star review. So if you're listening to this right now, if you've made it this far, you haven't slammed that five-star review button, please do. Because as the podcast comes to a close, we are going to leave these episodes up for as long as possible. And the only way we can generate any sort of income and convince any sponsors that it's worth their time is by staying relevant in the iTunes charts. And the way that that happens is with five-star reviews. So uh, take a second right now in the time that I've been rambling on about it. You could have already done it. Uh, it means a lot to us. Really, it does. Um, and it goes a super duper long way. In addition to that, you know, just make sure that you're telling us exactly why you love it. You're telling other people why you love it. Sing our praises to the rooftops or leave us a one-star review because actually we think that's pretty funny and that still keeps us relevant on iTunes. <laughs> so, you know, do whatever your heart desires, but leave a five-star review or I'll hunt you down. How's that sound? And as as long as we're on the subject of telling us what you think, we are still active on, well, Twitter and Instagram, at least. We have a Facebook, but let's be real. Facebook is the worst form of social media. We're on there, too, though. Don't you worry, you Facebook using senior citizens. Our handle on every single one of those is Hit Dice Pod. If you're not following us already, please do. We love hearing what you thought about the episodes. We love hearing about your D&D campaign. So jump on that. And then last but not least, well, last but maybe least, we have a website. If you haven't visited it, check it out. If you thought about buying our adventure, but uh, you just didn't click on it, why don't you get up on the website, buy that adventure. We wrote it. We illustrated it. We edited it. We formatted it. And it's only four freaking dollars. It's really good. It has custom magic items that we came up with. It has random magic tables that we came up with. You can implement those items in your campaign any way that you like. And they play a significant role within the hard mode session that you'll also be getting with it that includes a lich. It's super duper fun. Head on over there and check it out. Again, we cannot thank you enough. The generosity in your hearts and the excitement that you have shown us. Uh, I'm, I'm left speechless. I don't know how to say thank you. So I'm just going to say thank you 
from the bottom of my heart, I speak for everyone when I say that we appreciate your support. We'd be lost without it. And next time we see you, that tear falls going to be in full effect. We'll catch you soon, adventurers. Oh, no.